I am going to crack this beer. Oh, shit. I was thinking about doing the same thing. Yes. Welcome to episode 21 of the Arl Knots podcast. I am Craven. I'm Zach. And we are going to talk about what we think went wrong with the new trilogy. Yeah, everybody has an opinion on it, and we are no different. We we got them opinions. So why not why not just put them out there and add them to the mix? You know, yeah, why not? I mean, we've been talking quite a bit about it. I mean, we deliver so much Star Wars content, and uh, we think a lot about it. And uh, I think, you know, now that the films are all done and everybody's had a chance to kind of step back a little bit and we have this retrospective view on on the the films it's you know we can definitely say for certain that some things did not go correctly yeah and uh i think we're gonna share that what we feel some of those things might have been and yeah why and how and and what what happened there yeah and a lot of these discoveries are, are coming from craven and i sitting down and having real writing sessions in preparation for our versions of uh the new Star Wars films. We're writing, we're, we're in sessions and writing hardcore for um, the continuation of the Jedi Party saga. And we started with yeah. Force Awakens and we we, we noticed some things <laughs> that stood out to us <laughs> uh, and may potentially explain the things that people, that we believe people did not like about Ryan Johnson's version of The Last Jedi and why we think that those were J.J. Abrams' fault. <laughs> I'm just going to say well, it. <laughs> just, to, just to put that into even another sort of perspective, from from where we're coming at it, uh, I think we both were on board with, this is like the, the bird's eye view, right, of, of our opinions. Yeah. We were both on board for The Force Awakens when it came out. We both loved The Last Jedi. And then we felt like everything completely fell apart in that last stretch with the rise of Skywalker. Right. And uh, like, like you were just saying, uh, we think a lot of that can be tracked back to just this litany of issues that were present right from the beginning and how they just unraveled. Yeah. And some of those things could everything happened. Yeah. And some of those things were really hard to see without this full picture, the big picture. Uh, it allows yeah. us to like look back at the the origin of all these things and be like, wow, if this had ha- if this hadn't happened this way, we they would have been able to clean this up a little bit better. And I think it just comes yeah. down to the I, the overall trilogy being uh, JJ's responsibility. He was exec producer on the whole thing, right? Yes, he executively produced. He executively all three films, pro- and he directed. The first and third film. Yeah. So there was like, uh, so essentially it's his, it's, it's his baby, but he did not seem to run it or have any idea about how to approach it in a way that maybe a Marvel movie would have. Where like, what, uh, Kevin, uh, what's his last name? The, the, basically the showrunner for Marvel cinematic. Feige? Yeah. Feige or Phage or I, I never, I'm never sure how to pronounce it, but, uh, that guy has like a map. I, I just imagine him having a map that connects every piece with one another. So there is no road that doesn't lead to somewhere or go back to something else. Everything is accounted for. Everything has an answer. Uh, things happen because this thing happened. Whereas I think JJ just, like you said, his style of filmmaking seems to be just 
come up with a million cool ideas that are you, you like interesting on their own and just throw them all at the wall and see what's to see what sticks. Yeah. And then if nothing sticks, just let it go. So this is interesting because I think we don't know exactly what his plan was. He claims that for example, there were story elements that were there from the beginning. Like uh, I know that he's talked about that Palpatine was always going to come back. Right. And uh lie. And I don't know if I believe <laughs> I don't know if I believe him. That's a huge I, I, lie. I hate to be I I don't want to doubt, but I think uh I would be so much more willing to give Abrams a pass if he wasn't also taking a dump on Johnson. Yeah. You know, like if he wasn't actually actually out there talking ill of that second film and you know it just it it just hits me in in the the wrong way you know this was his his thing like he was kind of responsible for getting this thing cooking and you know even if he didn't have a map right of uh the three films you know that that is a that is an approach right that you can have a bunch of ideas and you can decide how they're going to play out. I, you know, we, we all know that in the original trilogy, there were decisions being made about characters and who people were and, you know, Leia and Luke weren't brother and sister. But, but the question is, you know, did he set himself up somewhat for disaster with the number of, of mysteries that he opened up with in the force awakens? Because, because he kind of worked himself into a corner, you know, by painting certain characters and, uh, certain story elements in a certain way. And that's the thrust of my issues. Yeah. Our imaginations were all going crazy after the force awakens, even though it was sort of a weird duplicate of a new hope. Yeah. I think all of those mystery elements, all those mystery box elements got people really stoked. But then once they started having to all find their logical conclusion, it was like, wow, these were not, these were not good ideas. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh, it just seemed like watching Force Awakens that everything, literally everything, was a mystery that needed to be solved. Instead of just plots being, you know, set up and resolved. It was uh, parentage. Parentage was a mystery. Locations of people were, were a mystery. Uh, origins of artifacts were mysteries. Um, just, uh, like, identities of important characters were mysteries. It just, everything had to be a fucking mystery that needed to be that you needed to stay tuned for to to find out the truth. And it was uh, he seemed, you know, we talked about it a little bit. Hindsight is twenty twenty, right? And Lost is like rel- known as pretty much unanimously as a huge letdown in terms of series conclusions. Yeah. And a lot of people shit on the writing team or the producing team, which was Lindelof was a part of, and those. So we look at these two careers side by side. You look at Lindelof. Everything he's made since then has been knocked out of the park. The guy is amazing. Yeah, he's brilliant. Like his ability to set up plot points and deliver on them seems to be pretty sound. Whereas Abrams, who is a producer on Lost, he's mirroring these same stupid pitfalls that dragged Lost down into the into the mud. He's setting up mysteries that are just he just they just ditch because they have no answers they just thought the mystery itself was cool and without any idea of like what that might mean in the future and so he said and i think what happened on lost was they were setting up writing challenges for people that were unable or unwilling to meet them and so that's where ryan johnson came in and so if you have a, a, a an idea of the end game if you claim that palpatine was always going to come back why not share that with your collaborator 
because he is your collaborator on this film series. If you are in charge of producing this film series, then your collaborators need to know what they can what they can and can't do in order to meet your vision. Yeah. And if you're going to and if they're going to let this person construct their own narrative based on what you left them, the breadcrumbs that you left, and then you're going to throw them under and then you're not going to have any oversight over that version until after the fact and then you're going to shit on it with everybody else to make yourself look better. Uh I'm sorry, you're you're the worst. <laughs> And it's, it's interesting because you were saying that the, the mystery elements, you know, in certain cases you have a MacGuffin, right? Mm-hmm. And I think in this case, it wasn't a MacGuffin. It was just a, a mystery McMuffin, you know? It was mystery like, McMuffin all the way, dude. Served, they stopped serving it after episode two. <laughs> they, because there is, I don't feel, I, I think one of the, the greatest disappointments before we start going back and really breaking down each film, uh-huh. I think one of the biggest disappointments to me was that the characters didn't really get any get anywhere yeah. you know i i feel like kylo ren who started off as the most intriguing one of the most intriguing characters and villains in in the star wars universe was left hanging high and dry with zero dialogue after he basically came over to you know the the light side of the force yeah and also I didn't feel like there was any explanation for why he went over to the light side of the force. I mean, Ray saved him. Yeah. But like, where was her asking him point blank? You know, forget just taking, I wanted to take your hand of, of Ben. Yeah. You know, I would have liked to, uh, of her to ask, you know, to ask some tough questions. Like, yeah. why did you do it? Now that you're, now that you're coming over here, can you tell me really why you did it? Why did you kill your father? Yeah. And I would have liked for Kylo to struggle with that answer until he to was able to earn to, his redemption. Yeah, yeah. To have to actually put that into, into words, you know, just his having the same conversation with his father, like almost note for note. Yeah. Except he didn't kill him this time, you know, yeah. <laughs> it is not enough. That's not enough. And so the yeah. question is, what was the plan? Was the plan always to have Kylo redeem himself? And then was the plan also to have Kylo say nothing? After he's yeah. redeemed, not one word, not one. Yeah. No, he said thought. one word. He said "ow." He said <laughs> "ow." That's literally all he said. "Ow," in a weird, like sarcastic, like that's gotta hurt, like that kind of action movie yeah. shrug off. You know, that's... and it's funny that he would that he the whole time he's sort of bucking the system, and he's like, "I'll kill Snoke," and then he's like, at the very beginning of the Rise of Skywalker, he's like, "I'm gonna." turn on you i'm gonna kill you palpatine and then he just ends up doing that it doesn't there's (laughs) like i can't i i I, we actually don't know who kylo ren is like they gave us nothing he gave us there there is no end to his story you know just becoming a jedi and disappearing is not an ending for for kylo ren like yeah you know i mean he didn't he was going to turn on Palpatine from the very start. It, like, none of this is, is a good conclusion for his character. I, I don't know. Yeah. Just... A, a good conclusion for his character would be, at least in terms of how he was set up, you know, he was set up as, like, chaotic evil. So, like, the original Empire, Emperor, Vader, they are um, lawful evil. That's what they were. 
Yeah. And so then Kylo Ren comes and he wants to tear the system down. And by the end of Last Jedi, he has torn it down or he has at least made the, the first steps in tearing it down. And then we, like you said, you pointed out when we watched Rise of Skywalker, he's just replaced the the, the, the leadership in their jobs. He's just doing the same job. <laughs> it's like, oh, you're just the new, right. the Darth, the new Darth Vader. It's nothing was really shaken up. Nothing was really interesting in the way it played out. In the, in the way it affected your character. You're just yeah. still a typical villain right up until the minute you're not for no reason. You know, like even Vader's <laughs> turn, you could say almost by the same token, you, if you wanted to argue it, you could, if you wanted to play devil's advocate, you could say, well, his turn wasn't really earned either. It just happened. It's like, yeah, but that's his son. Like you could believe a scenario in which you're watching your son being slowly murdered by someone you thought was your ally and yeah. that could that you could, that would flip a switch for any like parent, you know. I'm not even a parent. I could understand that that connection. Um, and you know, and in previous to that, Vader was like, "I want you on my side, dude. I don't want to hurt you. Like, I'm not a good guy. Like, you're not going to turn me, but I want to turn you. Like, I actually believe in our relationship." And he yeah, and he was trying there. to turn. He, he was trying family, to, and it was he was trying to turn Luke. He, at least he was trying to get Luke by his side. From yeah the second film and and on. And it could be argued that it's because he cared about Luke. So to right. have him like that that's an absolutely believable pivot in the in the moment to watch your your blood being slowly killed like that to be like to, like your emotions could take over and you could be like I'm good now. Rah! You know, it's Yeah. Um and what was it for Ray? What was it for Ray and Kylo the power of just love band-aids like yeah no virtual band-aids yeah he just she she closed up his wound she stabbed him first so he he was humbled i guess she's like wow she's really powerful and then she healed me i guess i'm good now like that's that doesn't that doesn't read i don't so yeah so that's a that's a good indication of where we're going with all this so let's go back to the original yeah let's absolutely mcmuffin which is I think where it all started, we talked about this a little bit, was that J.J. is so obsessed with playing the same beats as Star Wars, he needed a droid that was high, that was holding something important. He, he like, it needed that to be the case, because when you watch right. the original Star Wars, the first like 45 minutes is just R2 and 3PO like wandering around, just which, like, trying to which deliver is, this thing. Which is... A- a weird story. Okay, so yeah, I, I I agree. I think that he needed to get his li- he got a list together of all uh-huh. the things to do to replicate a new hope. Like clearly he did that. But the yeah. the most mysterious thing to me is why would you do that in the final stretch of a nine film uh, series? Do you know what I mean? Like when you're when you're putting together the final three films to the ultimate conclusion of this thing. Yeah. Why would you start with a film that that like number seven is aping a new hope it just doesn't yeah. it doesn't make any sense anyway keep keep going yeah. so he had enter bb8 right so he's the new droid that's like uh the courier for some like game changing artifact or or MacGuffin, you know so that's like he's like i got my r2d2 r2d2 had the message from obi-wan or from leia that would get obi-wan back in play yeah so luke is the new obi-wan the new the new droids got the new message or whatever the thing that's linking an old master to to be back in play, uh, but it's like so it's like he was thinking backwards or he was thinking the wrong direction. He was like, I got my droid and now I need my droid to be carrying something important. What is that? 
And this is where he really. Oh, you think up. you believe he? That's right. You believe that he reverse engineered the story. I think he beats. reverse engineered. Yeah. yeah. Based on this list that he was trying to to, to meet. Yeah. He's like, so I have the list like, of Star like, Warsy things I need to do. So. Yeah. He's like he's like I have I have a droid, I have not the Empire which has fallen, but I have the First Order right. which is already in place. Right. I have and an they're like character. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and this this not Empire is in pursuit of a droid that's carrying something important. Now yep. he's like, okay, got it. Now what is that thing? I've got a new, what I've got is, a new Luke carry? who is Ray. Got a new Luke. Yeah. I've got a new Vader who is Kylo. Yep. Now if yeah. I just, th- you know, bring get the gang all back together for their various yeah. bits and, and pieces, uh, yeah. how do they all fit so in? Yeah. Yeah. So now he's got this. He's got this map. So that was his answer. He's like, it's a map to the hidden Luke Skywalker. So he was just like, this is right away the biggest set of problems that. Ryan Johnson, we I feel like dealt with very elegantly, and the best the best that he could. Yeah, well, um, let's let's break this down, right? Yeah. J.J. Abrams could have started this in any way that he wanted to. He he didn't need the first order fully formed, which they are. The first order right. is in like prime condition. Okay, they're like kicking ass. They're completely operational they've got a supreme leader there they don't seem to be any kinks in their in their full control like the stormtroopers are like on point right they've got a planet-sized base Death which is like machine. Yeah. they've got a giant thing that's going to be it just is a planet yeah like like <laughs> they are they are just killing it and there's no explanation as to how they got there we're not talking that many years right yeah. So it's so what he's than, done it's like 18 20 maybe 30 if they're yeah. if we're being generous you know. So so what he's done is immediately he has locked up every main character as a failure because everybody let this happen. So yeah. you know Leia Han Solo you know just went off and did his own thing and then he's got Luke right who right. has disappeared and is nobody knows where he is and he's got han solo we, we we had a big laugh about this the other day while we were watching it doing uh our writing for the next arl knots overdubs for the these but we've got han solo saying to ray and and finn uh luke uh he messed up he felt really bad about it and he ran away to and hid to, to, to hide. Yeah, <laughs> he felt it. like he was a failure, and he ran away. So, make no mistake about this: The Force Awakens established that Luke ran away because he thought he was a failure, and in that time, and he didn't want to be found. Nobody knew where he was, and yeah. in that time, the First Order came back into power. So, with such force and vigor that they were able to develop a machine that could destroy entire planets of people that could destroy the entire new Republic, like the, the entire existing new Republic. governmental, governmental body, multiple planets at the same time, wiped out in one fell swoop. Yeah. And, uh, Luke allowed the, that to happen. <laughs> Luke allowed that to happen. And, and, you know, so a lot of people are like, Oh, Luke had a plan with the map and, and, well, well, we'll get into we'll get into the logistics of of or the theories about how that that might right. have worked. But um, but also, nobody knew that there was a planet-sized, 
you know, solar system killing base, <laughs> like being developed. Yeah. Like, where are these people? Who is yeah. this rebellion? Who everybody is a loser in this new film, and so yeah. that's what he leaves Johnson with. He's like, yeah, he leaves Johnson you need with, to pick and, up the pieces for my screwed up tale here of of all of these yeah. people being complete losers, right? And you yeah. have to like make that work, and then how he makes that work, we'll get into, right? Yeah. So he's got like, so I think one of the biggest complaints about the Last Jedi is that Luke isn't an all powerful mystic warrior he's not full potential like his his path of growth wasn't a upward trajectory at all times from what we last saw him as in return of the jedi they're like over that course of time he should be like a, a floating master you know it's like but no abram said he tried to do that he failed he and failed he tucked his tail between his legs and he ran away and hit under a rock like abrams that's what did that. abrams said <laughs> abrams did that han abrams, solo says that yeah he tells, abrams did all of that he did all of that. And there's nothing to, to contradict that. There's nothing else provided to us to say that Han Solo is wrong about that. Can we, let's, uh, let's do this while we're, on, while we're on Luke real quick before we, get into yeah. the, the, before we get into The Last Jedi. What are the logical extensions you can do with that character knowing, n- knowing that information, right? And I think right. we, we, we broke it down into two things. You can do what Johnson did, which is have Luke actually just feel like he was a failure and yeah, not to feel like re- he was ultimately worthless, uh, yeah. a worthless addition to the wheel. Basically you can, you can say that what Johnson did was he, he basically just followed through on Abram's own story. And yeah. he, he had Luke being feeling like he was a failure, not wanting to return to the fight and just basically having this existential crisis. Right. Yeah. Um, as a person who would let the first order completely come back into power that now has a solar system killing device. Okay. And who are also just on a smaller level, like setting people on fire with flamethrowers in their villages. That's the, one of the first things we see is like flame troopers just burning people alive. Like that's one of the most horrible ways to go out. Luke is allowing that to happen basically by his. Yeah. He, he, and that's, that's all Abrams. Right. So, so that's one way to do it. So, so here's the second thing you could do. You could say that Luke actually didn't do what Han Solo said he did. So the first thing you need to do is take a leap. To, to believe that Luke did something different is you have to take a leap away from what the filmmaker himself is telling you what happened. Right. So, and that leap is basically that Luke had a plan to defeat the first order yeah. by allowing everything. And he left this trail of puzzle pieces so that <laughs> like the, so like, like the chosen one could find him and then they could unlock the secret to like killing, like, a, like another mystery box element to killing yeah. the final, you know, first order final boss, whatever that might've been. Right. So right. I think a lot of fans are like, that's what they think actually the plot was supposed to be. Before yeah. Johnson got a hold of it, right? That seems to be yeah. what fans coming out of the Last Jedi thought should have happened, right? Right. Which Am is I crazy? Terrible. Is that what? Which is just no, no. Seemed... That's definitely it. They thought Luke was going to be like, "Oh, you found me. You've completed my whatever test that I put out there for you to solve, um, and now you and I will take on this whole army together with our like unlimited power." Like that's. <laughs> 
Um, yeah. Which is just garbage because like the map. Okay, let's talk. So I want to get into the map. Let's get now. into the map. So let's and let, let's, let's so the get map. the map and a bunch of other mystery elements here. And, and, and I'm 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 all ready to caveat this by saying there's probably some sort of extended universe explanation to where the fucking map came from, but I don't care. Yeah. I don't care about this stuff. I enjoy extended universe stuff, but I do not consider it reasonable explanation for things that were not happening on screen because the Star Wars movies are are gospel. Nothing in the extended universe ever affects anything in the movies. It's always a one-way pipeline. The movies inform everything down. You should Nothing absolutely ever goes up. you should not need some type of outside source to tell you why there was a freaking map to Skywalker. That yeah, is absurd exactly. on the face of I don't, it. I don't, and yeah, and I can't even believe that nobody said why is there a map? And then when Ray got to yeah. Luke, I can't believe she didn't say why did why was there a map? Like that yeah. like that's that's one of the most egregious definitely one of the most egregious exclusions uh yeah in the in the entire new trilogy it's madness yeah and so let's like let's let's play devil's advocate i hate that that term but let's do it that map was created by luke as a test and he he omitted a, a key piece which was the, his exact location so what is the test to find the map and then find a piece that was missing from it there's there's no steps involved in that that test anything that would make someone uh, a qualified candidate to be trained as a Jedi. Right, it's like Kylo pure... Ren could have found it. <laughs> yeah, and then what? He's like, well, you found it. I guess, you know, you're you're the winner you're of the, my you're the weird chosen contest. <laughs> yeah, so here's like the map. And so who made that map if Luke didn't make it? Why, who, like who knew that Luke was there? Like as far as like the, yeah, the, who, the did Luke other characters are concerned. Yeah, did Luke tell going? Yeah, nobody in Luke's life close to him knows where he went, and it didn't sound like he intended for anybody to ever find him. So, like, that map exists in a void. Like, who made it? And why is there that piece missing? Why is there, like, a key piece? And I think it's just because J.J. Abrams is just... He's maybe a, maybe a big video gamer when he was a kid. There's always a quest item that needs to be obtained. Yeah. And so you got to find the fetch quest. You know, it's all fetch quests. You got to go <laughs> well, get the it, map piece. It raises another huge question, which is that why did any, why did whoever make the map believe that it would have any impact on what Luke would do once they got to him when his decision right. was to walk away and be by himself after feeling Again, like a failure? Again, according to Han Solo in The Force Awakens... Luke's desire was to walk away from it and just hang his cloak up and ne- and not be involved. Right. And just to hide. So here's so here's what you do. So here's the here's the most amazing logical thing that you can do if you have somebody actually get to Luke is you do exactly what Ryan Johnson did. Exactly. <laughs> you, you you have to convince that. a salty old bastard who didn't want to be found that like life is worth living and it's worth yeah. fighting for. And that you have to yep. rediscover what makes you great. Like that's. Yep. You need for you uh, need for Luke to say, "I am. This is not. This is. This was worthless for you to find me. I don't even know why you bothered." And that's you know that's what Luke wh- should have said. <laughs> you said that Ray should have been like, "Why was there a map?" Luke should have been like, "Where did you get this map? <laughs> <laughs> Who told you where I was? This is insane." <laughs> I chose the most remote. There are no other humans here. It's just weird little <laughs> seal people that wear the dress like earth nuns. You know, be no one should if, have ever been able to find you know, me. You know, it would have been awesome if they kept like, they kept that as a running gag, you know, like, like you get a star Wars wipe in the edit and then, you know, uh-huh. they're, they're like sitting by the fire pit and he's like, no, seriously, 
who the hell made that map? Like, yeah. I've been thinking about it for the last two days, and I, I can't figure this out. I didn't even tell anybody, and, and the people I did tell wouldn't have made a map because they don't. Yeah. I told them so, in confidentiality, or like I didn't think they were enough to to care about it. Like yeah. you know, if he he didn't tell Han Solo, that's yeah. for sure. Han, Han Solo was Han didn't he, know. Leia didn't he, know. He, he like had that's... heard. He had sort of heard that Luke was was going to find the temple. You know. Yeah. And that um. So I guess what happened in the movie was that R two had the rest of the map, right? And they they brought him out of his stasis, and he provided the map that they were able to fit their piece into, right? Isn't that what... Uh... Yeah, so somebody gave R2 a piece of the map and then basically had him go to sleep, right? Right. So R2... Well, no, they had, like... Or, yeah, did... So what, what did R2 have? Did R2 have the full map with the piece missing, or did he have the piece and they had the rest of the map? Is that... Uh... He had... I think he had the full map and they had the piece. Right. So it makes sense that R2 would have a map because R2 was with him, I guess, or his, and I think you know, the, his droid. So. And I think the, the actual structure that like the the USB drive, thumb drive, like uh-huh. looked like the piece. <laughs> yeah. Like the it, shape of the piece that was oh, missing. Oh, shit, did it? Was the thumb drive actually in the shape of, of physically in the shape of like, oh my like God. This, this, That'd be the, like if I had a thumb drive that was like, had files on it and my thumb drive was in the shape of a file. Like that's just... <laughs> yeah. Or no, if it was, if your thumb drive was in the shape of a puzzle piece and you had a whole puzzle missing a piece and you were like, where does this go? <laughs> like, right. Where oh, is this supposed man. to go? I think I actually, I'm probably making that up. I don't know we... if you are it definitely, there definitely was a shape to the drive. So I, I wouldn't put it past him to make that. <laughs> Can we... we just hold the drive up? I, I could talk about what this map is all about and how Johnson did the only best thing that he could all night. But I do, I do yeah. want to talk about um, some of the other mysteries that JJ has going yeah. on. That so, so we got. Um, I, I think. I don't. Which one are you thinking of? Because I, I have a few I want to leave to. I've got. I'll just to name yeah, a few, just so it. we can kind of keep track of everything. I've got uh, Ray and Maz, Maz Kanata or whatever, uh, Finn. Um, that's kind of the most important ones. Let's take I... those. Let's take those two. I think those are two good ones, yeah. right? So um, we got Ray and Maz, Ray, man. Ray and Maz. So who's Maz? Maz is like a, a, a she's she's got her ear to the underground, right? She has yep. access to information and artifacts that would be out of the reach of a normal person. And she has Anakin Skywalker, Luke Skywalker, by way of Anakin's lightsaber, which yep. uh, was with. Luke when his hand was chopped off. So essentially what they're saying is that somehow Maz found the lightsaber that Luke lost when he got his hand chopped off by Vader. So And it was an interesting story because she's like, that's a story for another day. So she's yeah. got it. I was she like, no, 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 I want She I didn't want just say, story. oh, I found it. She's like, oh, no, there's a story. <laughs> so here's the thing. So this is a lost moment. And I used to say this a lot. I jumped in on Lost pretty late. Like everybody was like already super into it by the time I jumped into it. And I was like, wait a minute. I'm seeing a lot of like writer shortcuts happening here. Some lazy writer techniques. And there's a thing that Lost did all the time. And I created a drinking game around it. I was like, do a Is shot. Is it when they lose the gun? Anytime, no, no, no. Do a shot anytime a character says, you're not ready to know that yet. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> they don't fucking know. The writers don't know. Yeah, so they're just the like most, the characters the most, like the most would relate that. The thing about Lost was that nobody ever just sat down and said, "Does anybody want to talk about what's actually happening on this island?" Yeah, 
nope, you're not ready to know that yet because we're still yeah. figuring it out. Is basically what the the rest of that sentence was. Yeah. So Maz did the same thing. She goes, "That's an that's a story for another time. You're not ready for that information yet." Yeah. So we got we got JJ blueballed. I now know. I have confirmation. If if anything, this gives me closure on Lost. It was his fault. Like he's the one that <laughs> took a dump all over that. And yeah. I know, I could I could imagine Lindelof being like, "Bro, this is insane. Like you you're." ruining this like we're, i don't i want out i'm out like take my name off of this um so he's, she's so she's got the lightsaber right so we are yeah. introduced to an interesting new ability which is like the crow you remember the crow how his like he could touch someone and feel like all the pain they experienced or like evil they did of course yeah so that like sort of osmosis power. yeah that's how he tracked killers you know he like touched his wife's grave and um so she does that with uh, Anakin Skywalker's lightsaber and it instantly teleports her to a setting that is very reminiscent of the Death Star where Luke and Darth Vader fought aka where the lightsaber itself was lost yep so she so it's like okay so right away we're, we're led to believe that this lightsaber is she's connecting with the, the memory of the lightsaber itself it's it's thrusting her into the the its past its own past right she's she hears vader's breathing she's like uh, like salted by audio cues that are you know clearly vader and evil and she see then she sees things that the lightsaber itself did not see which is luke failing to defend his jedi temple against kylo ren and the the the, the mysterious knights of ren and then we see her Having her being own, left on the Jakku. She, so it's like she's just experiencing her own memory. Yeah. That she <laughs> she didn't have access to. So this lightsaber, just touching it, initially gives her the ability to see the lightsaber's memory. But then well, it just see, starts that's, to turn into So that's like, an interesting thing. That's your that's kind of like your theory is that the lightsaber is that she has the power to experience the story of whatever it is that she's touching, right? Right, which but which that not instantly to, which falls not, apart. Which no, yeah, which that instantly falls apart, but in about fifty ways. Yeah. Because not only is this like a like a twenty mystery box moment, like packed into like fifteen seconds. You know, he introduces yeah. I don't even know how many new mysteries in that thing. You're absolutely right that she doesn't have like osmosis power with the lightsaber and the lightsaber story. Yeah, it's not even the power of following a loose narrative. It's like, yeah. it's even weirder than that because, because if it is, how do you get to her own memory of being left on the planet? Because you, you can't yeah. get there from Luke. You, you just right. can't, you can't, you can't get there from Luke and the Knights of Ren. Yeah. So, you know? Um, and you can't really get to Luke and the Knights of Ren from the Death Star. From the or Death no, Star. No, it was Cloud City. Sorry, Cloud City. That's where they were fighting. It's uh Right. It was that it was that weird hallway in, in yeah. the control center of Cloud City. So And I think it's I think it's funny too that she has that memory as if it's some new thing of her of being left by her parents because she's been marking down those lines on the wall, like presumably She knows exactly how long she's been there. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, like what are those lines? Is that just like did she start yeah. that three months earlier? Like, hey, today sounds like a good day to start checking lines. Like what are those lines yeah. supposed to that's another mystery that Abrams didn't care to like yeah. he just he every scene of the movie has at least one mystery. <laughs> yeah. 
And uh, they answered basically none of those mysteries. None of them. They, they answered a couple of them in the most bad, lazy the ways possible. The wackiest possible way, yeah. So it's like, so so Ryan Johnson looked at that part. I'm not really going to, I don't I don't think we should just go in order of the films. I think we could just jump around and try to connect the things as we talk about them to each film. As well, they, let's do it. You know, I, I actually think, um, so. you know, uh, oh, and, and a couple other dumb things that I just have to mention before I forget. Uh, I just want to point out how absurd it is that number one, uh, Finn is like, uh, and this is the other thing about, about the force awakens is that it's, it's completely laden with illogical character decisions. You know, Finn, Finn is like, I know that the first order is looking for this droid. And then he actually says something to Han Solo, like, are there people in there that are going to see this droid? <laughs> like he doesn't he yeah. say something like is that a good place to, for us to go? Yeah, he's like are there he's like are there going to be like like first order sympathizers here? Like yeah. he definitely voices he, he, it. He, Nobody he takes him seriously. They yeah. and then they they all go in there and they're not in the place for 10 seconds before they're spotted by like 10 people who all call yeah. like the first order in in the rebellion, right? Yeah. Then um then uh, you know, this, this 25 mystery 15 second moment is happening and Finn is like sitting there at a table with Maz and, and Han Solo and, and, and he's like, and Ray, and he's saying, he's saying the first order is probably on their way here. This is not, this is not a good situation. He's like, we should be running right now. And then they don't run. They hang out for like Another maybe, like, it's hard to tell. Maybe they're there for, like, another hour or something. Maybe yeah. they're there for a while. It feels like Finn has moved on and he's talking to some other people about getting um, getting a job. passage <laughs> off, getting a job yeah. or passage off the thing. Like, when he says the First Order is on their way, does he have a sense about how long it might take for them to get there? Because he's not rushing. but And yeah. they do get there. Like, Kylo Ren's master ship, wherever it was before gets there in no time. Like they all have light speed, right? Like, so this just makes no sense that they're not trying yeah. to get out. But then what, what makes it even weirder is that Kylo Ren shows up, presumably still looking for this freaking droid because he's going yeah. after Luke. Right. Yeah. And they just level the entire area. <laughs> they come in so hot that they just destroy everything right it's like they blow away the entire structure to to ash okay and then the next scene they raise the whole area and the next scene is like kylo ren and some stormtroopers like basically standing around in the rubble (laughs) i'm sort of somebody uh i'm sort of imagining kylo ren being like you know do we have a uh an excavation crew coming to to look for this droid and then a stormtrooper is like oh uh, sir, it sounds like the droid was spotted in the forest. It's like, oh, well, that's that's real lucky. That works you know? out. Yeah. Thank that's God. real nice. Yeah. Thank God. But, you know, I get, <laughs> thank God when we came in and destroyed, you know, everything within a mile radius that like yeah. the droid was not in that area. You know, what the, what the hell is like this? And the whole film is like that. Well, so that gives you an idea of JJ's priorities. He he had a character who was logically uh, pursuing um the consequences of, of what they were doing 
And yeah. so he had to have all those characters ignore him in order to set up the big action set piece where the the First Order and the rebel the rebellion meet. Otherwise, if they didn't go into that bar and if they listened to Finn, that wouldn't have happened. So they, he had to have a character who was being logical be, have characters respond to him illogically in order to for him to have his big set piece. I, that's a good so way to put like, it. I suppose that's a fair. I mean, films have to do that all the time. You know, stories. Yeah, films, but you could be plays. you could be cleaner about that. There you know, are cleaner ways uh, to go. Yeah. Yeah. Finn, like they could have been like we could have listened to Finn, but there's nothing. It was out of our hands. Like they, it wasn't out of their hands. They lazily just ignored him, and we're like, yeah, whatever, kid. We're gonna sit here for a while and uh, wait yeah. for Ray to, to you know struggle with these mysteries she's just been presented with. And Finn, of so, course, being one of the one of the greatest mysteries with so much potential. That was the thing yeah. that people were talking about when the Force Awakens trailer first dropped. Like, who is this stormtrooper who looks to be Force sensitive? Who that is the was... stormtrooper who is holding a lightsaber in all the promotional material? <laughs> like, that's it's like every his action figure came with a lightsaber. Yeah, there was no question. This dude is is somehow doing Jedi shit. And yeah. even the trailer, the original trailer, it starts off with this shot of a panoramic a dolly shot of the desert, right? Or, or a pan of the desert. And you hear Snoke say, there's been an awakening of in the force. Have you felt it? And then Finn pops up yeah, into Finn the shot up. in a stormtrooper outfit. And it's like, holy shit, a force sensitive storm. That's what they fucking wanted you to believe. They, that's what they, they did that. And then they even carried that hope into the film itself. When yeah. Finn was like, uh, one of my brothers went down and I'm, I'm holding him in my arms as he dies. And now I'm not feeling something is not right. And I don't want to kill these people. And that was basically, that's, that was it. That's yeah. Well, then that, Kylo that looked at him th- in a way that was like suspicious of what he was seeing. Like it, it could be construed that he sensed uh, maybe yeah. some force. They, they, um, they carried that hope within him. They carried that hope yeah. with, with, to the viewer just within the first 10 minutes. And then, you know, instead of arguing with Poe about trying to escape without destroying all of his other crew members, he yeah. was like happily firing on them. Oh, that's so brutal. He's just yeah. like, yeah, he could have been like, listen, I, I, I'm, I'm having second thoughts about this because I've lost a friend, you know, and I, and it's just like, no, this all seems insane. I, and I need to get out of here. But that was my friend. A lot of these other guys are my friends. We're all here against our will. So maybe we can slip out of here as, as, Violent, you know, like bloodlessly as possible. There could like, no. And there he's could, like he got on the gun. There could still be a fight. I mean, you know, Poe could be like fire, fire, and Finn could yeah. be like, I can't. And Poe's like, What do you mean yeah. you can't? He's like, These are. I, he's like, I'm served with these guys. I can't just fire on these them. guys. Poe's like, slaves. Like, Poe's like, Okay, like screw me. you. And then starts pulling yeah. some fancy flying maneuvers or something to like get out of there. Yeah, he could have used. He, his, we could have really seen his like his talent you know, on on display. You know, right? they could have really set up how good of a pilot he was. And, and just like uh, a hint more of Finn just trying, <laughs> like we're not asking yeah. for a lot. Like, and that, th- that was essentially the end of Finn's journey as a stormtrooper. Like everything from there was him trying to figure out if he's, you know, running from the first order or yeah. running from the rebellion, you know? So he's like, or should running, I coward, should like I cowardly get, get out of here? Pants. Yeah. yeah. Like, are you get a boyfriend? You got a cute boyfriend? Like, yeah. It, it, and so it's not, there was nothing more about him being a stormtrooper or being force sensitive. The rest of Finn's yeah. story was like another Abrams conceit, which is that he just wants to run away like Luke, you know? Yeah. So, so again, we have Johnson picking up the pieces of that 
that failed storyline that just yeah and so that's another thing so people really shit on the canto bite scene right or the whole the whole thing but what that what canto bite did was was johnson's solution to finn he's like what the fuck is finn he's like finn is was part of the machine and he broke he was a cog in the machine and he broke free of it but he has no journey yet other than just to get away that was his whole character arc in the in the first movie which he ended unconsciously. He he picked up a lightsaber. He failed miserably. He got fucking housed like right away, and then ended up yeah. in a, a, a Bacta tank or whatever. So that's like his journey didn't even like go anywhere. Yeah, he did, he's like so. Ryan Johnson was like, clearly this dude is not force sensitive. But so, but he's he's in the movie. You know, he's here. What is he about? And so he developed the Canto Bite thread to give him something to be about, which was seeing. Like that running from the machine isn't enough to stop it. You're always going to be running from the machine if that's if that's what you're afraid of. Like so you have to see how the tendrils of that of that enterprise is in everything. You have to see the effects of it beyond just military conflicts. And you see that in civilian life and in the way that privileged class is like raking it in because they're they're funding this whole thing, you know yeah. It's, uh, and so he he had to be shown that this like yeah breaking free was real brave and great but you're just running like you can't run from it you have to fight for so, you have to stand for something and so this this scene will give you the the lens that you need to see that and so that was what Ryan Johnson's solution to to give Finn an, a real arc and a redemptive yeah. storyline which he did not have in and in the and Force it, Awakens and what's interesting too uh, to continue to continue off of of that idea is that. Ryan Johnson also had the task of having all of these characters learn and also kind of fail so that they had somewhere to go in the final chapter. Like yeah, these characters absolutely. had to become better people and yeah. also reach a tough point because, you know, yeah. they needed to come, they needed to, you have to fall first before you can come back for like the big, you know, final right. act. So, so and he has the these characters all learning something but with really tragic consequences. And that's right. amazing. You know, that's an amazing idea is to have these characters yeah. not just fail because they suck, but to learn as they fail why right. they're failing. <laughs> so that yeah. they come back with that greater knowledge, that greater experience. And uh, another thing that seemed to be gone completely with the third film is like none of that was there. None of it. Yeah. Post character was like a new guy completely, which is weird. Uh, yeah. Finn was like, I'm not sure. Finn was just kind of like shades of like what he was by the end of Force Awakens. Like it's almost as if you could just connect those two films. Like they're they're almost it just it it so tried to undo everything that the Last Jedi did that you could almost just the Last Jedi can stand on its own. Like you could put Force Awakens and the Rise of Skywalker together, and it could just be a sequel. Like that's. <laughs> <laughs> that Other seems to be victim. what that seems to be what it, what it is you know that yeah. seems to be what 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 happened there yeah because finn by the end of like i didn't like finn uh for the longest time like i didn't like him until i had seen the last jedi and i had some time to think about it because i didn't like him even then i didn't like that he woke up and was just like a cartoon character right out of the gate you know and it was like i didn't yeah. so that's that's one thing i've had a huge problem with finn so as a stormtrooper right the stormtroopers are until recently are all business like they don't they're soldiers right and in this case they're brainwashed slaves they've been conditioned as children to become 
mindless troops. So you don't decide to to cast that aside and then just be a goofball right out of the gate. Like he doesn't know how to be a goofball. He doesn't have a lifetime experience of being a goofball. So like right away he shows up and he's like being silly and like flirting and, and yeah. like man, trying, I gave to, a, trying to mack on this girl and like be like, you got a boyfriend? What's your boyfriend like? You know, it's just, I, I know. it's not I, what a dude who is indoctrinated and just trying to break free of indoctrination. I remember, I remember we, trying to give that a pass after the film. I remember having debates with you about that. I was trying yeah. to, I was hoping just against hope that there would be some greater storytelling there you know it's like when you have the yeah. first film of a three film thing it's like you're kind of just hoping that it all will make sense in the end <laughs> yeah you know but and it's rough man yeah. you gotta like you gotta have to you gotta have full arcs you know like the the, the a new hope has a full arc for all of its characters han yeah. solo was a scumbag who was morally ambivalent or and morally ambiguous um he was tested and he passed the test by coming back at the eleventh hour and saving the day. You know, he so came a, through. So that's a good Luke point. Luke had his arc. You know, that's that's the, that's a good point. Is that you know the idea of the trilogies, right? Is that yeah. you have one one overall story that are the three films that right. the story that those three films are telling, and then each film needs to stand on its own and be a good story exactly. in and of itself. And the only one that did I that was the last the, Jedi. Was the last no. Jedi. <laughs> The Last yeah, Jedi was the only 100%. one that delivered on on any of it, you know. Yeah. Um, both logically and just from like filmmaking, I, I, the, the 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 craft in the Last Jedi is 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 amazing. Like things yeah. things like uh, when you consider, for example, just I, I could I could list things all day, but just off the top of my head, the tension that's developed with Snoke leading up to that release of the tension when Kylo and Ray finally get back to back. Like yeah. all of that, like tension followed by what is arguably one of the greatest fights, you know, in the Star Wars series is like, so it's so amazing. It's amazing. It's so crisp. And so like the, you know, the build up to that fight is happening the entire film. And you've got this whole, you've got this whole thing about Snoke is pulling all the strings and he's yeah. pushing them together. And, the the tension of him just like totally manhandling Ray and then being like this really cruel malicious character saying you, you know talking to Kylo about what he's going to have to do to her and and kind of narrating that beat for beat moment only to have it yeah. backfire right in his face and then that sort yeah. of oh my god moment of this fight is is going to happen and it's going to be Ray and Kylo working together to do it yeah. was was brilliant and in comparison to like let's take Kylo and the the Knights of Ren that yeah. fight just i i didn't feel i, it's, it's I didn't feel one thing i don't even remember yeah I, it's like i don't remember a single like, thing about it like <laughs> like shouldn't that like in in filmmaking shouldn't that fight have been meaningful like shouldn't that have well, it been? It should have been because the Knights fight? of Ren were like, if we knew what they were and what they meant to him, that fight would have had more impact. Yeah, the decision to fight them would have had more emotional attachment along with it. You know, like the, like his decision to fight Snoke. You know, his whole like the way Ryan Johnson had him talking, had Snoke talking to Kylo Ren was like. 
He was just a classic Star Wars villain. He was like we talked about this. Every Star Wars villain has always known. Like they're always narrating fights because they know what's supposed to happen and they know what's going to happen. You know, like Palpatine, the first time you see him in Return of the Jedi, he's like, you're going to strike me down. You're going to get angry and you're going to strike me down and then you're going to take my place because that's what's supposed to happen. Your friends, they're all dead. They're in a trap. Everything is happening as I foresaw it. So that's how that's a classic Star Wars villain. And Snoke was no different. Snoke was like, you're going to, I see you. He's like, I see you doing what I want you to do. You're going to take yeah. your lightsaber. You're going to ignite it and you're going to kill your true enemy. And Kylo Ren was like savvy enough to, to, to show him that in his head without showing him the identity of his true enemy. So that was exactly. Like, I thought yeah. that was so fucking I mean, that's, and, and, that's amazing. I remember sort of fist pumping in the theater because I was so jacked <laughs> yeah. in that moment. But then of course, again, it's undone by the idea that Snoke was just this, shell of a thing maybe not even uh not even a, a not, living not even like soul, a conscious like no soul. uh yeah. being like not even having his own cognition maybe like it's yeah it's completely i don't know it's really it's really disappointing yeah know? and, and I, so like if kylo like made that tough decision to kill what it was essentially a drone then it's like the emotional impact of all of that has just been yanked out from under us like there's yeah. no he just killed a remote control bot, you know. There's no, <laughs> there's no hard decision there. How about this? I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind talking about just to be fair here. I wouldn't mind talking about things that we not only liked but also sort of disliked about the Last Jedi. Oh yeah, we um, do because that. it's not a. Perfect... I mean, we kind of like hit our, we kind of hit our list here. You know, that's uh... we hit our, yeah, we hit our list. Um, yeah, I do. I do want to say that even though the the Canto Bite sequence did accomplish something worthwhile, I do feel that maybe they could have been pursuing Finn's story or you know showing him learning something, but maybe tied a little bit more closely to that idea of being a stormtrooper. A stormtrooper, right? So I, I think. So here's my solution for both Ray and Finn on what The Last Jedi could have done. Well, first, what The Force Awakened could have done. We talked about this, too. So if, if you could have developed Ray's sort of osmosis or whatever, like ability to touch things and and learn about their past. So instead of this stupid-ass map situation, which went unexplained, um, ah. she could have used that ability to track Luke down somehow. Granted, that lightsaber would not have been in Luke's hand when he went to where he ended up, but you could have just pulled that thread and like used a little bit of detective work to track Luke down in a way that, that showcased her powers and her natural. Yeah. Um, Which they never showed again. Did they? The she never, she never connected in With any this, way. Yeah. yeah. They never showed that again. She never touched anything and got like, well, yeah, no, oh, she yeah, did okay. the knife, the knife in uh, the rise of Skywalker. They brought that back to show the memories of, uh, of the knife. Um, which I think, in all fairness, only showed things that the knife would have been there for. But, uh, which include the murder of her parents. But that was convenient that they, it was her parents that the knife murdered. Um, so, but that, like, so that was like, again, it's just a mess of like how that, that power worked. Yeah. It, none of it made sense. Like, you needed to like focus that into a more specific type of, uh, vision you know like what kind of a vision are you getting from the power of 
Anakin Skywalker's lightsaber? And can that possibly lead you to Luke? So I thought maybe instead of a map, using the ability. But then again, you wouldn't have your droid. You wouldn't have your chase. You wouldn't have all these stupid beats that J.J. Abrams needed to do in order to mimic the pacing of the first film. So that's kind of out the window. Uh, and I think for, for Finn, if they needed a Canto bite type thing where he was mm. basically decolonized is what happened there. Um, that was the decolonization of Finn. He was, he was set on the path of rebellion from that moment forward. Yeah. That, that trip gave him something to believe in. So I think maybe instead of Canto bite, which I get, you needed to see the bourgeoisie war profiteers, like, you know, this, this war isn't just about good and bad guys. There's people out there who are, who are living a good life because of it. I get that. But if there was some way he could have seen like children being enslaved by stormtroopers that were like him, you know, that suffered his same fate, you could have been like, you know, I just can't run from that because they're still out there kidnapping children. Yeah. The one thing that I really wanted for Finn that, that we never got was him essentially feeling that his own experience was enough that he could attempt to reach out to other stormtroopers who may feel the same right and then actually turning yeah. maybe a battalion of people not had th- that had already done it because that's just the laziest thing ever you know F- finn actually having yeah, an impact on by yeah. convincing a group you know the idea that maybe finn is cornered and he's like you know who i am do you know what happened yeah you know have finn yeah. have finn show them something you know through his own wisdom you know short uh, lived as it may be but you know, maybe he convinces a couple other stormtroopers yeah. to remove their helmets also. And now you've got stormtroopers taking off their helmets. And it's like, wow, there are people under there. Yeah. And that's yeah. a powerful gesture. Yeah, because we've always just, they're not people to us. They're just, they're goons. You know, if you had like a, just a, a wave of them just all like inspired to take their helmets off and you saw right? the, the mix of faces, like they'd be incredible. And we didn't need that. Like they could have always been bad, but Abrams decided that there w- that was going to be a possibility. And then he never followed yeah. through on what that meant or the potential of what that could be. Yeah, they basically needed to follow through with Finn reconciling his life as a stormtrooper. Like, he didn't really do that. He just went in and just, he became a good guy. Once he resolved to be a good guy, he just went back and just started ruthlessly executing every stormtrooper he encountered. Yeah. And that's like, yeah. that's not a and, reconciliation of your past. Like that's see. And that's the thing is they, they had time. They had plenty of bandwidth to do that in the third film. He yeah, didn't need absolutely. to do that in the second film. Like the idea no. of him going after Ray and trying to figure out what, what's going on and, and you know, the plan to whatever, um, as clunky as that might've been, it served the purpose well. And, and it worked. There was time. Yeah. For him to still come time. through and and handle that in the third something like that in the third film, because sure. he did end up like there was time to have him encounter a group of former stormtroopers, but their only purpose was to be like they were like um, the Red Skull in Infinity War. He was just the caretaker of this location. He was bound to it, and he was like, "Ah, you've come for the Soul Stone." Like they were basically in charge of the Soul Stone. They were literally in charge of a stone. Like that was their whole charge. <laughs> They were like, yeah. they were the guides for this like journey to the Death Star where they needed to pick up a, a quest item so that they could have <laughs> just used that time, get rid of the fucking quest item and, and have them encounter like stormtroopers that they could enlist and become allies with and uh, really, you know, have an impact on the, uh, the sort of whole 
history of the stormtrooper, you know, that's yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause you could have been like a Harriet Tubman of stormtroopers, you know, he could have been like leading them over to a, uh, from, you know, ushering them to their freedom and giving them something to fight for. You know, uh, totally. I mean, that would have been, um, that would have been amazing. That like, what a yeah. great way. And, and so what, what did happen to Finn? Like absolutely nothing. Finn yeah. just ended up like, he's always running after Ray and screaming her name. That that's his big thing. Like what's, yeah, it doesn't even make sense there because they're just, well, that's what, then yeah, nothing made sense. There was no arc for Finn. His arc in the force awakens was running. He ran from the first order. He ran, uh, from every fight. He tried to run from Maz Kanata's place, but then they all got blown up. So he couldn't run anymore. And so he just fought and then was unconscious. So his, the beginning and end of his, his whole plot thread, his character arc in the first film was running and failing to make it away (laughs) to get away. So right. They had to, so he had no, there was nowhere else for Ryan Johnson to take him. He's like, so basically he was presented with a character that was like, Oh, you're running still. That's what you're still about. You can't run. So what are you about then? Yeah. What, what do you, what do you have to learn? And it required a character that was like a real fucking person, you know, which I loved. I, whatever people think about Rose, I think Rose is a great character. I think she's she is a, too. A, a mechanic. She was like somebody that lived in the world that was not a hero, but right. she was fighting because she believed in the heroes. Those heroes inspired her. Finn inspired her. And right. to see that like, oh, I'm a, have more resolve than my heroes. Like, holy shit. Now I've got to be a hero. So you've got real people uh, who are like behind the scenes of the, all these great, all, all this greatness stepping up and f- forcing these heroes to be heroes. You know, it's right. Um, and that's what people hated about it. They hated that heroes just couldn't be heroes. They had to be chastised first. They had to be fallible and they had to be shown a better way. <laughs> okay, they hated yeah. that it was women doing it. And it was yeah. like, let's, let's talk uh, about, um, let's talk about Poe, man. That's, that's what yeah. this is all coming down to. Cause, cause Poe, <laughs> I mean, Poe was like a throwaway character, I think, intended I as a throwaway yeah. character in the first movie, just like a hotshot pilot. He didn't really have yeah. a big story arc, but then... Like, they, Wedge was a hotshot pilot. You know, he was like, he was not a main character. He was kind of throwaway. You know, they, was, they decided, okay, we're going to make Poe a bigger character. So they, they made that decision again, again. Abrams was like, yeah. we're going to make Poe a big central character. He's so, the commander. Yeah. So when Johnson, when it came time for Johnson to, to have Poe be a main character again, yeah. it was like, how do I take this character from one point of fallibility and have him learn something? And that's yeah. why he had to get smacked down because yeah. he was winning the war, but they were always Pyrrhic victories. They were losing yeah. rebels as they were destroying the first order and Leia wasn't having it. She's like, there's, there's too much, you're wreaking too much damage as we're plugging along here. And she, and, and he, he basically, um, he denied, you know, an order, uh, in, yeah. in that opening sequence and like shut off his comm system. And even though they were successful in the end, there was a cost to it. And Leia was like, you disobeyed a direct order and you've been demoted, you know? Yeah. And, I love this idea that Poe thinks he has it all figured out and believes that he has the right to know yeah. information that he is not privy to after being demoted. He's not militarily entitled to any of that information. He's just, but he's like, I'm a, I'm a hero. Like that's, 
yeah. I'm a classic archetype of a film hero. Why aren't you telling me this information? But in the like in a real military scenario, it's like, dude, you were busted and ranked to nothing. You get no information. Like that's because everybody's yeah. big argument is like, if she just told Poe the plan, it's like, why? Why would they tell Poe the plan ever? You would you tell they... Nibnub the plan? Like that's just like Nibnub was higher rank than fucking Poe. Like <laughs> sure, Nibnub didn't know the plan. <laughs> the like, flip side. The flip side of that is why. So, so everybody's like, why didn't Holdo just tell him the plan? And the flip side of that is her plan would have actually been completely successful if Poe didn't screw off and yeah. jeopardize everything by not following orders. Like he, but that's so that's Poe. That's everybody's argument though. Like if he did know, he wouldn't have done that plan. But that's I disagree with that because Poe was like, but once he's not he following what the orders. Plan was he got upset about it? Yeah, it's he didn't know what the plan was. He didn't he didn't hear a plan and then say that's going to fail and then take matters into his yeah. own hands. She just wouldn't tell him what the plan was, and he was like, I'm going to make my own plan then. Yeah, like he because I don't trust you. Yeah, he's like, I yeah, don't think you're as good a leader you. as I am. Yeah, yeah, and that's to me that's all about the military hierarchy and like how yeah. you know. Uh, precarious it can be. I mean, a lot of people will say, oh, she, there have been some very spirited debates um, on our discord channel. And it's all, it's great that everybody's like in there totally hitting it with, uh, with their, uh, you know, opinions. And it's, it's actually fantastic because a lot of people bring some excellent points uh, about, about the, the logistics about why these characters might do things or not other things. And we've had some pretty good discussions about, um, about Holdo, you know, and, uh, but I, I think she holds maybe, together. Maybe the most hated character in uh, in the Star Wars universe, if I had to guess. Yeah, well, no, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah. Um, which is weird to me because I, I just feel that she um, is about military protocol, and she's yeah. like she she you know if if the idea is that she believes that following protocol is going to save lives, then there's no reason for her to just break and allow. Yeah. A mutiny, like you're mutinying now. I'm gonna I like your, I'm gonna I like reward your spunk. You. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah, reward you go your mutiny and, yeah. with with what you always wanted. Your mutiny just got you the information that you wanted, and now, yeah, am I still your? Am I still your? You know, your captain. Like yeah. now that you've mutinied and gotten the information that you need, am I still the person that you're gonna look up to? Am I still the leader yeah. here? You know. And you know, like my biggest when I like what I hear from people when they complain about her, it's always, you know, I don't want to be the one to say it, but it's like they're the one saying it. It's because she's not only a woman, but because the way she sh- she's presenting herself, uh, she's wearing a gown, she's got liberal colored hair, you know, it's like she's got purple hair. <laughs> people are like they're like she looks like a fucking women's studies teacher at a community college, like that. That's the quote that I heard from somebody, which is pretty funny, but it's also like. I get why they're upset at her audacity, but like stylistically, she is not out of character for a Star Wars character. Like Princess Leia dressed similarly throughout her tenure as a commander. Yeah. Um, sometimes she had little camouflage things on, but I have no doubt that if Haldo was like in on the ground in action, she'd be dressed. But she was like, that's what she was wearing when she got called up, you know, to serve as as the new commander. But I think with Leia, the difference was that Leia was initially presented as a damsel in distress. She had to earn her place oh, as a right, figurehead yeah. in the Star Wars universe, whereas Haldo just showed up and was given the job. So that's right. like, I think people probably like uh, unconsciously have a problem with that. And they have a problem with her telling the hero 
that he can't be a hero. Like that's according to these traditional archetypes of what a hero is, which is a person that just acts on their own instincts. Yeah, they play hunches. Yeah. They play fast and loose with the rules and they, they, and they, they get the job done. So yeah. I, I don't think she was any more or less out of nowhere than like Admiral Akbar. You know, when the first time we saw him, he just showed up. By the way, this is your admiral. He's in charge of you. Do everything he says. Uh, he's a fish man too, by the way. So don't stare. Uh, I, I know we didn't. We've never seen a fish man before in he's this room. But there's now there's a whole he's yeah. A kind of now there's a whole head. entourage of him. Uh, yeah, they have. He, he gurgles when he talks because I think he's maybe like processing. Dude, people water molecules. hated. Akbar. They should have hated Akbar because he showed up out of nowhere and he was bossing people around. He was, he was bossing telling people around people what and to he do. had a fish head, bro. Like, fish how, head. how did people not just be like, oh my God, Star Wars just had a man with a fish head. Like, I can't believe it. This like, progressive <laughs> liberal, they're trying to get the fish vote <laughs> at the next election. No, they just accepted him as like, because he had a gruff yeah, male voice and it was just warming? made sense that they he was. a fish yeah. man? <laughs> What's next, Captain Polar Bear? Fuck out of here with your <laughs> libtard politics. Trying to shame. Why do you got to put politics into my fucking fantasies, bro? <laughs> anyway, but I think like they were nobody batted an eyelash at, at Akbar because, like, apart from the way he looked, he fit this the archetype of of a commander. So they just they just went took it in stride. This guy that came out of nowhere, yeah, he's in charge of the whole show. Yeah, sure. But yeah. then, like, Haldo shows up, and they're like, this bitch with her fucking fruity roll-up hair? Like, <laughs> you know, so it's, I, you know, I don't, like, it's, I'm not, I don't care at this point. That's why you don't like her. I don't care if that's, if you don't, if it hurts to hear that or if you think I'm I wrong. mean, I mean, let me. at least partly why people don't like her. Here, so here's the best, here's the best thing, right, is that there's this idea for me that, like, if you look at Haldo as a character and someone who holds military protocol as the highest order then every uh -huh. single thing that she does makes complete sense. And and including Absolutely. like her baller maneuver of staying with the ship, which saves them. She may not have known what she was going to do, but she was ready to do it when the time came, yeah. you know? And that's to yeah. me, like that makes Holdo like an incredible character because yeah. Um, and I mean, I'm not like, I, I, you know, like with, with everything, it's all a little bit, you know, fallible it's not a perfect you know film whatever but like but it's like but i i look at her character as completely well constructed and consistent you know i see yeah. her as like an interesting sort of character who isn't going to take shit from this guy and she was also charming too she like like was very like kids gloves with poe when dealing with them so she did it in a way that was actually very endearing she's like i know mm -hmm. your type a little impulsive you know well, he's like happy, throwing chairs like, around and she's like don't you do that she's like just right up in his face talking to him. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's kind of amazing. I think she was great. Yeah. And then, and, and think, then uh, the, the thing that she did though, that was really cool was that she made Poe a better person. She, she made, made Poe po, a better person. She yeah. made Poe a better character who learned from his own uh, mistakes and yeah. he became more resourceful. And by the end of that second film, he had learned something enough that he, was basically responsible for getting everyone out of there. Cause like he was yeah. like in charge, not in charge, but like he was like calling the shots. And yeah. when everyone else wanted to run out and just throw it all 
at, at the old Poe would have been right there with them. He yep, would have been like, yeah, been, let's sacrifice been out everything. There. He would have been right there, just ready to 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 die on the spot. And then you know, but he he gets out of there. He's learned something. They get out of there. When he meets Ray, he's like, you feel it tangibly that he's a better guy. <laughs> Yeah. Like when he Absolutely. sees her, and he's, he's like, ready to I, listen. You know, yeah. he's like, he's got a big, he sees the bigger picture. And that's like, that's, uh, that's one thing about all these, these side characters uh, about, you know, that if anybody hasn't watched this yet, I don't know if we've ever shared the links, but the pop culture detective is he, the guy is amazing like the way he breaks things down, but he's got this piece, this video essay that, uh, uh, that su- supported with a lot of literature that, all these characters are actually good characters because they're not there to hold back these heroes, which everybody felt was happening. Um, they're there to prop them up and, and make them better. And so, you know, and by the end of this movie, you genuinely feel that. You genuinely feel that Finn is a better character. He's got a clear sense of purpose. He knows what he needs to do in order to, um, to, to it's, instead of running, he's like, he knows what he needs to do to actually help. Uh, Poe is a better leader. He's got a, a a view of the big picture and he knows how to actually command in a way that's effective in saving lives instead of just defeating enemies for these small victories. And you got Luke yeah. who is a master again. He was disconnected from the force because he ran away to hide yeah. like a coward as JJ Abrams said. And so like he, <laughs> they gave him an arc with this female that was like challenging his decision to be a coward in order to make him a better person. And by the end of it, he stood stepped up and, perform maybe one of the most incredible Jedi acts that we've seen on film. So you know, amazing. He tricked a whole army uh, yeah. without lifting a, without uh, like actually having to shed any blood. So, yeah. Um, and you're right. Pop culture detective nailed it. And he, that, yeah. that whole point about these characters, not only because they're, they're female, but not just um, giving support to these male characters as they're going through their own journey, but actually teaching them, you know, and mm-hmm. actually, making them better, better people along the way, yeah. which is, um, like that, as guides that that's, that's what, that's what he was saying was so groundbreaking. About yeah. It. Cause he also gives a great like back background on like what the typical hero has, has always been in film and why this was so challenging for people to see this, this new type of hero's journey that yeah. involved women sort of dressing guys down and like, and calling them out on their behavior. That was actually, you know, not helpful behavior, selfish behavior. And it wasn't heroic at all. And it's like, a lot of these things that we think are heroic, maybe aren't as heroic as we thought they were growing up. So, right. Um, a lot of it is self self serving grandstanding and, you know, um, so that sort of leads us to the final, I think if we want to wrap it up, this is Poe in the rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Yeah. He's the same fucking dipshit. From the end of, of the beginning of, of the last Jedi, Dude, he's he mindlessly leading people into danger with no sense of with, consequences or and like you said it too. By the end of it, he's like, guys, I thought we had a chance, but we didn't. We're all Dude, dead. He completely throws his hands up and gives up. Like Poe just gives up. He's like, guys, I thought we had a chance and we, we don't. He's like, we're all going to yeah. die. We don't. We didn't have a yeah. chance. He's like, we're all going to. He's like, I'm sorry. We're, 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 we're done. He doesn't say yeah, fight you know, until like, the last. He's not screaming like Braveheart to just like fight to the last. Yeah, freedom! He, yeah, not like, even anything nope, cool. He's just, just like a sorry. total bitch. Yeah, we're gonna yeah. Die, we're gonna all die. What the hell is that all about, dude? Yeah, and I, I understood just... there was like a little bit of uh, a little bit of 
time, time, like a little bit of pressure to get there to stop them from launching their fleet or whatever they had. I guess there was like a timeline for that. But, you know, like the new Poe would have been like, hey, has anybody heard from Lando? Like, anybody got any word on that fleet that we're like hoping to get? <laughs> sure, she would just fly in blind and hope for the best, like like old Poe would have done. Like, yeah, yeah this Poe had learned, he carried none of the lessons that he learned forward at all. Nothing, none of his character arc from the last movie was on display. No, none so of that it. that was the real tragedy of it all. Yeah, like, like we feel that as as the Arlnots, as as the people that do what we do, we kind of pick up the pieces of 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 visual uh, puzzles and and reconstruct something out of them. Right? Yeah, yeah. We, we eliminate the sound, and we're like, what is this about a, from a comic perspective? So I feel like Ryan Johnson did something similar. He took the 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 threads of the force of waken, which none of them were tied off. Like none of them had any logical continuation. And he just, he picked up the pieces and was like, what is this about? And he did a fan. I think he did a fantastic job. He, he did a fantastic job of taking what Abrams left him. He, he did his homework assignment and he gets an A he did. You may not have liked what his assignment was, but he did the assignment and he aced it. Like that's yeah. Yeah. He, he did. answered the, all the questions that were that I don't think JJ had answers to. And I swear, we cannot find it, but I swear both of us saw it when The Last Jedi first came out before this wicked backlash. J.J. Abrams said, I wish I had written this script. He, he didn't he say, I wish did. I made The Last Jedi. He said, I wish I wrote this script. We both okay. So we both saw that. And you know why you can't find it anymore? It's because the internet it. has become so saturated. <laughs> the internet has become yeah. so saturated with all of the backlash and all of his backtracking yeah. that you just can't find it anymore. Yeah, I don't even know where it was when I first saw it because none of this shit existed. He had high praise for 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 that guy. I think this was actually before the film was released. He was hyping yeah. it. He was he like, was like oh, I don't hype. even know how I'm going to follow this up. Like, and it's like, and he literally didn't. He didn't know how to follow that up. <laughs> <laughs> and we talked about that in the last podcast. I think we. Yeah. I, I think I personally feel that a lot of JJ's decisions were geared towards just getting fan praise. Like he just wanted to win fans back. He wants to look good in the eyes of, of the audience. He doesn't care about standing for anything. He doesn't care about saying anything important or groundbreaking. I mean, I think he, changing. I think he does, but he, you know, like, I don't want to, I know that we've been, we've been so harsh against JJ Abrams. And I think some, some of it is deserved because he, I just can't, it's really hard to respect that you know the notion that he turned on Johnson like that but yeah listen i would have given but, him all but, the benefits of all the doubts if he hadn't turned on johnson like a little rat bitch that is a <laughs> rat move dude it's like you're you're going to rat on somebody because you're in trouble you're going to point a finger to take the heat off of you that's I mean, a punk ass move dude i thought you were a big player in hollywood like you it's shouldn't be kind of bad of Considering that he was the executive producer of his own, it was his own yeah. trilogy that he was entrusted with. So it's kind of a, of a weird maneuver, and and then to actually kind of kind of throw some things back in in Johnson's face, like like clearly, there's no reason for Luke to catch the lightsaber in no. uh, Rise of Skywalker. Like there's just no yeah. reason. He only did that the, 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 so that fans could mm. feel content again after Luke yeah. did that that thing. Like that was the only thing. After he tossed it yeah, after after Johnson had him toss that lightsaber over his shoulder. Because that, <laughs> that makes was, sense. That was an because apology. Because if Luke was a coward 
Yeah, if Luke was a coward that fled and hid because he didn't feel like he had he was going to be effective at all, if you showed up at his doorstep and were like, hey, take this lightsaber, the Luke that J.J. Abrams painted would absolutely throw that over his shoulder. You wouldn't just show up and be like, hey, take this. He's like, you know what? You're right. I've been selfish. I'm, I'm ready to go. Let's go. You found the map. You got my lightsaber back. Let's do this. Right. Like, no, that guy was hiding. You show up at his doorstep with a lightsaber – just immediately he's going to like, you are the chosen one. Holy shit. How did you get this? Like, <laughs> or like, nope. or like, what's he going to do? Is he going to hold it and be like, ah, the old lightsaber. Yes. <laughs> like, is he going to be feel young again? He starts spinning it like a fucking yeah. Remington. <laughs> is he going to be like, oh, I forgot how good this feels in my hand. Like he gave, yeah. he gave that up. He, he pieced out just like Abrams said he did. <laughs> yep. He peaced out. Yeah, no intention of leaving. He, he went there to die. Like, yeah. And I, you know what? It's like it's great too because I, I know a lot of people were upset at the lack of power fantasy. Right? You want to be able to, to vicariously live through someone whose uh, abilities far exceed anything that you could realistically ever achieve. So that's why the Jedi are so exciting because they're they're magical. They're wizards. Yeah. But they're space wizards. And this Luke was a a, a dour mopey piece of shit but you know what i like about it i'm older now i don't need power fantasies i need i need things to be sympathetic with how i feel uh on and the things that i struggle with on a daily basis and i identified the, the shit out of that luke i was like dude i fuck i get it man holy crap like life is hard sometimes you just want to like just go to an island and just cut yourself off and like give up <laughs> like that's yeah. just that's a daily thought and like to see luke going through that made me feel like damn i'm not alone like luke feels that which means the writer who created this character feels that way and it's like that made me feel like sort of seen you know in a way yeah, that yeah. no that, that obi-wan fast running through you know clones did ever you know that's <laughs> yeah um i i think so the, that's i think i think you're right and i think the overall feeling that i'm kind of left with is that given what was established as the all of the the main plot points and story elements of this new trilogy. We had Johnson making a genuinely great film amongst something that was not planned very well. And we probably should have had maybe uh, a different and I don't want to say better because I can't, you know, man, you know how it is. It's like everybody tries hard to do what they're doing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard for me to fault people when they, they really try like so damned hard. They put in efforts that are like Herculean to make these, these projects happen. And and they oftentimes believe that they're doing the right, making the right decisions. And they're trying to find the balance between what the expectations are. You know how it goes, you know, like this is not an easy thing, but you know, did we, was there a better trilogy? Like sure, you know, but, but, but was, was the last Jedi a great film that I will watch over and over again forever like definitely <laughs> yeah and you know why because yeah. you know I, I've I finally since our last podcast I, I finally watched Knives Out Ryan Johnson's a master craftsman and I, <laughs> I just like Knives Out is so tightly constructed yeah, it's, there's no movie. holes in it it's like it's funny it's interesting it's brilliant it's exciting and it's air fucking tight everything that happens is set up in advance and it plays out according to the, the the most wonderful Rube Goldberg machine I've ever seen on camera. And yeah, it's it's, like, it's spectacular. You get a sense of how his mind is is working. He wants to 
uh, tell a good story, but he wants there to be uh, a little bit of a deconstruction, right? And that's yeah. fair because I think I- I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to throw this right back at Abrams, okay? So Abrams was like, yeah. Luke ran away. He felt like a failure uh, and he disappeared and the first order came to power and now everybody's fucked, okay? That, that's Abrams yeah. did that, okay? So like it, for Johnson to look back at it and say, you know what would be really fascinating would be for Luke's failure to tie back to the failures of the Jedi that allowed all of this to happen in the first place. Yeah. Right? So, so Luke going to look for the temple to kind of like reflect on that is freaking brilliant because then it's like Luke yeah. going like, how did this all happen? You know? Yeah. It's like, it's like the Jedi like let Anakin happen. You know, they, they, they totally yeah. were misguided. They let the emperor happen. They let the you emperor know, happen right under their, right under their noses. They weren't prepared for yeah. it. They fell apart. They were a bunch of, of hubris driven lunatics that just let everything yeah. fall apart. And, and that was, that was Johnson taking a look at the big picture and really tying some important threads together, you know, like, absolutely. And that that's fascinating that he was willing to do that, that he was willing to take a big, you know, bird's eye view of the whole thing and, and put it into that kind of a, a perspective. That's like, that's like ridiculous, like ridiculous. Yeah. And then and that's why like, when you have Yoda coming back to basically say to Luke, it's not, so much about your failures, you have to always realize that the you're gonna you're gonna fail, and like as a master, like the people that you're teaching are gonna move past you. They're you gonna know? surpass you. Yeah. Stop and thinking about like, yourself, uh, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, and it's like because Luke, when we find him in Last Jedi, is arrived at the conclusion that the Jedi, for all their power and all of their abilities, evil still happened. Like that's there's nothing they could do to stop it, and there was like there's yeah. more of them, and they couldn't stop it. Uh, there's the, the rise of the empire happened and they all died. And it's like, that's like, they're, they're, they didn't have the clairvoyance enough to <laughs> conjure up a victory against the, the rise of the empire and the stolen data tapes. Um, that their devotion to that sad ancient religion served them. Not at all. So I think it was great because Abrams on one hand is like, what what made these great for me as a kid? I want to feel like I'm a kid again. Yeah. And Johnson's like, why did these make me feel great as a kid? Because I feel like I was wrong. <laughs> and he's just then he's like analyzing it and he's like making yeah. the question these things that you just took for granted as a child. You but know? you know, he so made. I, he, I, I like that. I prefer that. It I may like not that be everybody's too. Cup of tea. But, no, man, yeah. I, I love it too. But the funniest part about it is that Johnson may not have taken that approach if he hadn't been left with this weird scenario yeah, like that's absolutely. the that's the that's the ultimately the the that's ultimately the thing that i would like people to remember is that johnson yeah. didn't come in and then just throw everything just away and then subvert yeah. like everybody's favorite new word it's like subvert like he Ugh. wasn't doing that at all he was just taking what was, what was left yeah. for him and making sense out of it in a good way with good character development like that's yeah. that's all he did you know that whole thing too like that subversion has become Subversion has almost become like a poisonous word the way progressive has become a poisonous word. It's yeah. like the word progressive is in, on its own by definition is moving forward. Like it's a, it's a good direction to go. But like subversion has been a storytelling device 
since there was stories. If you knew <laughs> everything that was going to happen in a story, that story ceases to be exciting to you. Yeah. When you are surprised by the outcome, that makes that's when you enjoy a story. Stories are always subverting your expectations. The fact that this has become suddenly like a new thing that people think that is just being done all willy nilly now in order to like to trick them when they think they shouldn't be tricked. <laughs> It's just it's, yeah. a, it's a misunderstanding of what storytelling is. I don't even t- to be honest, man. I don't even think that Johnson subverted hardly anything. He didn't subvert anything. I think that, he just played uh, off of what he was left. <laughs> yeah, man. I, all I see Johnson doing is a logical extension of what he was left with. Yeah. I I don't think that uh, for this to have ended in the best way that it could, that Abrams should have come back to direct yeah. the third film. They should have had another director. I think director. what should have happened is. It should have gone on to another director, no yeah. matter what the cost. Just like the original because, trilogy, because it was like three different directors for all three films, and that's a great trilogy. You just need, you know? yeah, you just needed somebody else. Yeah, you know, you didn't need somebody coming back who was trying to fix something. So when did they let go of Colin Trevorrow? He was supposed to. He, Colin Trevorrow was supposed to direct the uh, the third one, right? Yeah. At, at one point, when did they let him go? Was it after this, like? Last Jedi backlash. It, it was absolutely after the Last Jedi backlash. I think what I think. So what I wonder what he was, had because. He... Well, he had a script that I guess they weren't totally happy with, but I think probably my my hunch is that a lot of the behind the scenes conversations that were happening is like, uh, it was a critical success, but you know fans aren't happy now. We have to get people back in the good yeah, graces so of our back. of our product, yeah. and then you know it was sort of like bringing. Peter Jackson back for the Hobbit, which was right. a huge, uh, huge thing. <laughs> I don't thing. want to talk yeah. about that. We'll call it that. I one one yeah. of these days, dude. We're gonna do a podcast where I just talk about the Hobbit for like four hours. Dude, I, you should, like episode twenty two should just be Craven goes off on the Hobbit. The Hobbit. And I can man. just be in the background every once in a while, just going. That's mm-hmm. oh damn. What? <laughs> like just purely reactionary. <laughs> like like I I can understand. Star Wars fans feeling disappointed when I think about how The Hobbit was one of my one of my favorite books of all time. Yeah. And I had my own sort of fantasies and dreams about what that might be like, and then and I, and I also try to I also try to be uh, as open as I can be to the idea that every filmmaker is going to bring their own thing to it. But like watching somebody just completely mangle something like so bad. Well, see, that's the difference too. The Hobbit was source material. Whereas like these Star Wars films were just, there was no source material for them. They were, so it's like, uh, Peter Jackson's job was definitely different. Bringing your own voice to something that already exists is definitely. Yeah. Problematic. Whereas like bringing your own voice to a a new story, like that's, this should be, People should be more excited for that, you know. And it's yeah. I, I'm curious. I want the fuck the JJ cut. Like every time I don't. I haven't heard much about it these days. I think that the, the it fervor exist. for the JJ cut is died. It's but not a. It's not I would a thing. like to see. I would like to see Colin's script. I, I'm very curious now because he's I've still heard, credited as a, as a creative on that. I've um, heard it's a mishmash of of truths that have come out online. Like I don't think. I think he's. I think he's actually come out and said all the story beats that people are talking about that are supposedly my script are, are not true. So, yeah, but I don't know. I mean, there's no way that anyone get their hands on that. That's like, that's, that's so NDA. Like he's probably not even allowed to say the word script right now for like 10 years. You know, it's, yeah, that's like getting your hands on, uh, you know, Hanson's original, uh, Blade Runner 2021 soundtrack. 
Yeah. Was that it? That was that 2021? I don't remember. I think 2034, whatever. 2039,000. That's an interesting... Uh, I, I always make jokes about that because some of my favorite movies are like crappy sci-fi movies that take place in the future, but that future has come and gone. <laughs> it's like, uh, <laughs> hey, filmmakers making movies about the future, make it at a date where the people watching it won't be alive when that time comes. You know, It's like Class of 1999 is hilarious to me because it came out... In the 80s. But I guess there's also a thing where it's like, make it close enough to feel like it could happen to you. But <laughs> yeah, that's class of 1999 is just laughable now, you know, because it's like, that's 1999 was 20 years ago, dude. There's no cyborg substitute teachers. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> that are trying to get back. They're trying to, you know, uh, rehabilitate gang controlled schools. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't care how bad the neighborhood is. There is no school entirely controlled by gangs. Like that's just, <laughs> I do. I do love how though people keep talking about the date in the back to the future car. Like every couple months, somebody's like, Hey, today's the day that was in the original back to the future. Like, yeah. Uh, or the date that they traveled to when they, when they went into yeah. the future, but it's like not, it's like never true. <laughs> It's never, it's always, yeah, it's just like, they'll just insert whatever date it's convenient yeah, for Yeah, people just time. are always posting that, and it's never true. I think, it, well, of course it was true once, and that already came out. I watched that, then, I watched three the other day, because it was just on Netflix. Uh, God, I, I like, oh, that movie. Dude, why, why, out of all the things that are wrong with that movie, the biggest thing is that Marty McFly's great-grandparents <laughs> both look like his parents. <laughs> what is the gene pool there? Why does his great grandma who who are the McFlys? Is that his dad's side? So why does someone on his dad's Dude, side look exactly like his decades. mother? The whole family, yeah, just pure incest all the yeah. way through. It's just mom on you know Marty all, all day. <laughs> Marty is the, the 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 patron of the whole family. That's apparently. a that's He's a funny that's banging a, his ancestors. The first time you the first time you brought up that criticism to me, I actually had to stop and wrap my head around it because I couldn't understand what you were saying. Yeah, but, it's tough. It's tough. Totally it's like right. hard to pick. It's like, yeah, like his parents. You're totally uh, right. Uh, his, his old West great, great, or just great grandparents are him in a, in Irish face <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, uh, his mom, like what's her name? Uh, shit. What's uh, the actress? Th- Leah Thompson? Thompson. Leah Thompson. Yes. Yeah, Leah Thompson who plays his mother. So why does his great great grandmother look exactly like his mother when that's not that's his dad's side of the family? I don't know. It's that's the McFlys, right? That's his dad's side of the family. That's his dad's like, that's, side of the family. That's yeah. George McFly's side of the family. His great grandma looks just like his wife. It doesn't like, that's make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. They just did it. It's that's not... a J.J. Abrams move. They just did it to match these beats from the first film without any thought about what that meant. <laughs> Holy, All right, uh, I think this shit. is. Uh, I yeah, think that's a good uh, place to wrap we've up. Reached the, the terminus. Yeah. yeah. Um, I <laughs> the, think the, the only thing the I would say is that depending terminus. when this comes, <laughs> rainbows gravity's rainbow. Uh, rain, rainbows gravity. I don't remember. <laughs> Watch knives out. Um, I think we're um, we're working on. You know, this whole episode is because we've been working on episode seven for the Arl Knots versions. That's why we came to all these realizations. So we're, yeah. we're hard at work on that. Got some other projects brewing that are going to be coming out soon. Yeah, we got a sequel to um, uh, to Star Wars Reimagined, which is uh, coming yeah. up. Yeah, and that that's definitely yep. going to be coming out. 
And then we also have a sequel to How to Make a Blockbuster Movie Trailer, which is going to be yeah, also interesting. That's in the works, and that's turning out to be kind of weird. <laughs> it's going to be good, we'll though. See. I think hopefully it'll be as well received as the original. I think yeah, for you know we'll for see. us, it's just it's it's making us laugh. So that's still the most important <laughs> thing. Um, I don't know what else. Uh, Excelsior podcast. I've moved it over to uh, its own server, so that's not yeah. so confusing anymore. Like I originally just was uploading it through the Arl Knots podcast channel, and so the numbering system was a little confusing, and people that were searching just for the Excelsior podcast were a little confused. So I only did it because it was the the free option. <laughs> like we were already paying for like unlimited storage through SoundCloud, so I was just like piggybacking it on that for budget, but. We have a new option, so you can search for the Excelsior podcast on its own. And uh, that's, that's all I got, man. What you got? Right on. No, uh, I think um, it's been amazing hanging out with people on Discord. We've got a lot of really lively, cool conversations going on over there. And uh, I would definitely recommend that. Uh, so the, the thing about Discord is that uh, there are patron, you know, Patreon areas, but there's also just general our areas, free-for-all yeah chat area where you can just come in and just hang out and we're always talking in all of the areas so yeah one of our uh patrons erin is just like the master of of emojis like she's got so oh my many God, she is amazing it's like it's a it's a gift from heaven there's like the amount of like crazy arl knots themed emojis she's generated since the server started is oh uh, it's amazing it's, you wouldn't believe it and every it's... time i see a new one i just like my some part of my brain lights up there's even they're just, like they're just, just to, so great just to give you an idea there's one of uh luke skywalker with a really huge lightsaber <laughs> like the the last laser master <laughs> uh it's just anything you could think of there's probably an emoji for it and they're all amazing there's hip-hop dave that's another like off the beaten path <laughs> option <laughs> For the real Arl Knots heads. Luke with the weird, like, human glasses. Oh, yeah, yeah, with the, the eyeball glasses. That one, I, as soon as I saw that, I, I knew that was the one, the one for me. Yeah, <laughs> so that's definitely the one. It. There's Zimas. It's, yeah, you get the idea. Go check it out. We don't want to spoil them all for you. We want to leave a little <laughs> bit for you to, to discover. So Definitely please come and check out that community. It's really fun. Yeah. Yeah. We hope you enjoy have enjoyed us completely whining and bitching about <laughs> uh, the the new Star Wars, the latest Star Wars trilogy. Yeah. Before we get on to like the next trilogy and maybe an Obi Wan show, that's going to be great. Oh boy! You know the Obi Wan surprise. Show. It should just be called it's... Surprise: The Obi Wan Story. <laughs> hello there. No, it's Hello there. The Obi Wan Story. Hello there. Hello, hello, sexy. <laughs> Fuck. All right, yes. man. All right, my all man. Right. I'm going to hit stop. Cool. That's it, everybody. Thanks for listening. Yeah, doing it. We'll talk to you all soon. Peace out. <laughs>